0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Soccer 101. My name is Taylor Rockwell, and on this episode, we're going to be determining which Americans have scored the most goals at club level in Europe. A bit of background before we get into the heart of the matter. The purpose of this podcast of Soccer 101 is to answer questions of varying intensity that listeners have asked about soccer. Uh, Most of the time, topics come from questions we've been asked on the Total Soccer Show or individual suggestions via email, occasionally in person even. Uh, But today's topic is one that I've been wondering about since early January. I myself have been wondering about. Uh, Late 2020 saw the U.S. men's national team return to action, and with it came the looming question, who will score the goals for the U.S.? But this isn't really a new concept national teams will always have concerns about individual positions. Sometimes you have no right-backs, but a ton of central defenders. Sometimes you have no central defenders, but a surplus of central midfielders. If you're France or Germany, you have so many capable players, the question becomes, how do you fit them all into one team? But for the U.S. men's national team, finding a consistent goal scorer has always been a somewhat perplexing endeavor. Sure, we've had Dempsey, Donovan, Altidore, McBride, Winalda, no doubt. But when you look at the players who get moves to Europe from Major League Soccer, or... From a middling European club to a European giant. It's rarely a goal scorer who is on the move. Goalkeepers? Absolutely. Defenders? Definitely. Midfielders? Weston McKinney would like a word. Even dangerous attackers like Christian Pulisic. But are any of those players consistent goal threats? Is that the first thing you think of when you think of Pulisic's skill set, for example? He can score goals, but I think of his dribbling, his pace, his tenacity, his tattoos, probably that GQ photo shoot as well. Those are the first things that come to mind. So I wanted to know which Americans did have a proven track record of scoring goals in Europe. However, several Google searches later... I learned that it's not quite that simple to figure out. You can find single season scoring records or top scorers in the Premier League, but that doesn't take into consideration lower league snipers or less heralded figures from history. So armed with high school math and an Excel spreadsheet, I set off to do some calculations and determine the five most prolific Americans at club level in Europe. A few ground rules, definitely necessary. To the extent possible, these numbers don't include friendlies or preseason tournaments. I'm also leaving out goals for youth or reserve teams, partially because that seems fair to me, and partially because reliable preseason and friendly stats aren't always easily obtained. I'll also add a final disclaimer that I'm not claiming to have poured over every available source to confirm these numbers. I did do a decent amount of research, though, don't get me wrong. Did I check over four years of records from Luton to make sure I got my numbers right for a certain player? Yes, I certainly did, so you wouldn't have to. And with that said, let's start with our number 5 goal-scoring American, the man who made me check those aforementioned Luton statistics. It's South African-born Roy Wegerly, who made 41 appearances for the U.S. men's national team between 1992 and 1998. Wegerly's resume includes some less common names like the Arcadia Shepherds and the Tacoma Stars indoor team, plus stops in MLS with Colorado, D.C., and Tampa Bay. But it was in Europe that he did most of his goal-scoring, bagging a grand total of 57 goals in nine years in England. The Lions' came in his three seasons with QPR just prior to the formation of the Premier League when he nabbed an impressive 30 goals. His productivity led him to become a record signing for a second division club when he moved to Blackburn in 1992 for the staggering fee of 1.1 million pounds. Times have changed. He helped get Blackburn promoted to the Premier League, but then saw his opportunities dry up when some guy named Alan Shearer came in and hogged all the minutes. Wegerly played a few more seasons in England with Coventry, getting a further nine goals, before signing with the newly formed Major League Soccer in 1995. Initially signed by Colorado, he won the 97 MLS Cup with DC United before becoming a key component in one of MLS's most lopsided trades when he was shipped out to Tampa Bay with Roy Lasseter coming the opposite way. Lassiter scored 36 goals in in his first two seasons with D.C., Wegerly managed just one in his single year with Tampa Bay before retiring in 1998. Nevertheless, take a bow, Roy Wegerly, the fifth highest goal-scoring American in Europe. I'm sure that'll be on the short list of his career achievements. So 57 goals for Roy Wegerly. Let's move to number four, which would be Josmir Volmi-Altador, who netted 59 times in his European journey, which began when he moved to Villarreal from the New York Red Bulls in June of 2008 and ended at least at time of recording with a swap deal between Sunderland and Toronto that sent Josie and money one way and Jermaine Defoe the other. No one on either side was particularly upset by that one. In those six and a half years in Europe, Josie played for six clubs, one of which was technically in Asia, but plays in Europe, way to make it confusing Bursa Spore, but really set the world alight during his time in the Netherlands. I actually forgot just how absurdly good he was for Azed in those two seasons until I started researching this episode and... Wow, did he score some goals. In just two seasons with AZ? Josie scored 50 goals. As a reminder, he scored 59 goals in his time in Europe. Those 50 would be roughly 85% of his European haul. Again, in just two seasons, that is wild. That time with Azed also includes three goals in the Europa League and the winner in the final of the KNVB Cup in 2013. He also scored one for Villarreal, which was surprising given that I didn't remember that he had actually played for their senior team, let alone nine times. Even weirder is that his lone goal for the Yellow Submarine came in a 4-1 win over Athletic Bilbao, in which Giuseppe Rossi also scored. What might have been, man? What might have been? Anyway. On the number three, and it's probably a name you would have expected to be near to the top of this list, it's Clint Dempsey, who bags 79 goals in his time with Fulham and Tottenham, 12 goals in total for Spurs, the remaining 67 with Fulham, including that all-timer against Juventus in the Europa League. If you have not seen that one before, it's included in the show notes. Go watch it. You monster. Dempsey's final season with Fulham might be the best ever by an American in Europe, at least in my opinion. He started 37 of 38 Premier League games, scored 17, which was good for fourth in the Golden Boot race. He added three more goals in the FA Cup and three in the Europa League, bringing his single-season tally to 23. For perspective, Fulham legend Brian McBride scored 33 in total in his four seasons with the club. McBride's may have been more iconic, as they helped Fulham pull off their great escape, but Deuce put up numbers in that 2011-2012 campaign. In fact, fact, there's an argument to be made, hear me out, that if you waited one more season, that move to Spurs might have gone much more smoothly. When Dempsey did arrive at Tottenham, his preferred spot on the left wing was occupied by an in-form in his prime, Gareth Bale. Clint Dempsey is very good, but not so good that he's knocking Bale out of the lineup. A year later, with Spurs trying to rebuild following the sale of Bale to Real Madrid, that might have been his moment. Instead, 18 months after moving to North London, Dempsey was on to the Pacific Northwest. Then Spurs manager Andre Villas-Bosch also replaced regular starter Brad Friedel, who was just a baby at the tender age of 41, with an unknown Frenchman, named Hugo Lloris. Clearly, villas had it out for the U.S. national team. Nevertheless, I'm still inclined to argue that the final season for Fulham remains one of, if not the most impressive single-season performances by an American in Europe. I'd expect nothing less from Deuce. Speaking of twos, uh, we'll talk about our penultimate player in just a moment, but first, a word from today's sponsors. This episode of Soccer 101 is brought to you by HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get fresh pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. HelloFresh lets you skip those trips to the grocery store and makes home cooking easy, fun, and affordable, which is why it's America's number one meal kit. My wife and I have been trying to do a better job of meal planning as opposed to just me making whatever is most convenient and forgetting about all the other stuff we bought. HelloFresh cuts out that stressful meal planning and grocery store trips. As I said, you can enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in about 30 minutes or less. So you've got Your meal's there, you don't have to do all the planning, you don't have to go to the grocery store, and most importantly, because it's all pre-measured, pre-portioned, you're cutting down on the grocery bill because you're not buying excess things, you're saving up to 40% instead of shopping at your local store, you're not placing a burden on the planet or on your wallet, and both of those things are very good. My wife shared a tweet with me the other day. I'm going to share it now. It's from Kenyon Lang on Twitter. Just to confirm, everyone feels tired all the time, no matter how much sleep they get or caffeine they consume, but also has trouble falling asleep, is constantly hungry, but also nauseous with acid reflux, spends every second working or cleaning, yet nothing gets accomplished. Right? And that is kind of how I feel, and that is again where Ho- HelloFresh is wonderful, because sometimes you don't want to have to figure out how can I combine these six things into some sort of meal that will taste good and not just end up like a big blob. HelloFresh, you don't have to do that, because you've got the recipe instructions, you've got the picture, so you can just follow right along, you've got the pre-measured ingredients. It's very easy, it's very simple, and that really is one of my favorite things. It cuts out a lot of the stress in figuring things out. You can just tick it off as you go, and by the end, you've got a delicious meal. So go to HelloFresh.com slash 10 Soccer and use the code 10Soccer for 10 free meals, including free shipping. Again, HelloFresh.com slash 10Soccer and use code 10Soccer for 10 free meals, including free shipping. And remember, HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Thank you to America's number one meal kit for sponsoring today's episode of Soccer 101. Thank you to Stereo for sponsoring today's episode. Stereo is a free live broadcast social platform that enables people to have real conversations in real time. The app allows podcast creators to build a more intimate relationship with the fan base by engaging in direct conversations. Listeners can record a question and send it directly to you. Uh, We've experienced this. I've done a few of these now, one with Joe, one with Ryan, and it's pretty cool because you get the kind of instant messages coming in. People can respond to a question you've asked. They can ask questions of their own. They can even just, you know, Make fun of you or uh, provide the commentary for what you all are talking about. Sound effects, all that good stuff. It's very fun. Uh, And we here at Soccer 101 are excited to offer our listeners a new way to interact with us. You can join us on Thursday at 6 p.m. this week for a live show on the Stereo app. Just download the free app, emphasizing free. Select Rockwell TSS. uh, That would be the username for me. And then once you subscribe, you will know whenever we're live. You can follow along and make sure to catch us whenever we talk about the things we talk about. This week, Ryan and I will be talking about this episode. We'll also be answering your listener questions, soliciting your thoughts on future 101 episodes because the best... Ideas for episodes tend to come from listener suggestions about topics that we hadn't really considered. And then suddenly we have no explanation for why we didn't consider them because they're such good ideas. We want those ideas. We want any comments or thoughts you might have, ideally positive and not very cursy slash angry. But we'll see. So again, download that free Stereo app. You should put in Rockwell TSS to see what shows we have upcoming. That's Stereo.com slash Rockwell TSS to get started. Thank you very much to Stereo for sponsoring this episode and giving us the opportunity to do these live shows. They really are very fun. We always think we'll do like 45 minutes and we end up doing at least an hour. I'm guessing that trend will continue this week. But for now, let's get back to some American Goal Scores. We are back to recap our top-scoring Americans thus far. We have Roy Weggerly's 57 goals at number 5, Josie Outdoors 59 at number 4, and Clint Dempsey's 79 bulges of the onion bag at number 3. At number 2, we have another surprise name, It's Aaron Johansson. That's right. The Icelandic-American, who recently returned to goal-scoring form, has, at time of recording, notched 94 goals in his European career. That dates back to his first professional goal scored for Icelandic side Fjolnir back in 2009. Fun fact, I took a look at Fjolnir's roster. They're currently 12th out of 12 in the Icelandic top flight, with 6 points from 18 games. But, guess how many people they have named Gunnarsson on that squad? The answer is four. There's also three Sigurdssons and three Gudmonsons plus an assistant manager as well named Gudmonson. But back to Johansson, for the most part, he spread out his goals pretty evenly. He got 12 for Fjolnir, the aforementioned, 23 for AGF, 38 for AZ, Josie can relate to that one, and at time of recording has 15 for Hammerby in Sweden. The reason I had to say for the most part earlier is because Johansson's five goals in four seasons run he had with Werder Bremen really sort of puts Josh Sargent's patchy form into perspective. Injuries played a big part in Johansson's poor run of form, which he has done well to turn around in recent times. However, Hammerby's disappointing end of the season saw them finish eighth and led to Johansson terminating his contract. So who knows what the future holds, though the beginnings of his MLS goal scoring career seem possible. And so we come to the number one spot, the top-scoring American in Europe, and fittingly, it's a man born in Europe to an American serviceman father and a Dutch mother, but not in Germany, No, Ernie Stewart was born in the town of Vegel in the Netherlands and scored all of his 115 goals in country. He banged home 16 in two stints with VVV, 49 for Willem Tre, and 20 for Nack Breda. He scored goals for Nack when they were relegated in 1999. Despite his best efforts, he kept scoring for them when they won the second division and earned promotion back to the Eredivisie. He also scored the winner for the U.S. against Colombia in 1994 and went on to play in both the 98 and 2002 World Cup Cups, thereby making him one of only five players in U.S. men's national team history to play in three World Cups. Given that lengthy career timeline, it's also not surprising that he managed over 100 appearances for the national team and chipped in 17 goals there. And while those 17 goals are certainly impressive, they pale in comparison to 115, 115 at club level. That's definitely a number that won't be easily surpassed, though Christian Pulisic is on his way. More on him in just a second. But first, to make it definitive, we have our all time American goal scorer in Europe. It's Ernie Stewart and his 115 moments of glory. Take a bow, Big Earn. And now that Ernie Stewart is presumably done bowing, let's talk about some honorable mentions. Eric Winalda got 36 goals in his time abroad, 34 of which were with Saarbrücken in Germany. 34 of 36, he had a good time with Saarbrücken. So good, in fact, that when Winalda left the club in 1994, they seemed to have had a policy of one American out, one American in. Because Joe Max Moore joined Saarbrücken in 1994 and got 13 goals for the West German club. He added eight more in a season with Nuremberg, spent some time in Major League Soccer, and then scored eight more for Everton, bringing his European total to 29. Addie Lewis, he of the deadly accurate left-footed crosses, also got some goals in his career, 15 for Preston North End and 8 for Leeds, which is no small achievement given that they were in free fall at the time, plummeting from the Premier League to League One in a Sunderland Till I Die amount of time. Gio Reyna and his five goals for Dortmund have some work to do if they want to catch his dad Claudio, who scored 23 from midfield for a combination of Wolfsburg, Rangers, Sunderland, and Man City. And since I mentioned one youngster in the form of Gio Reyna, I should mention a few more. Christian Pulisic, who I mentioned above, currently has 39 for Dortmund and Chelsea, which isn't bad for a 22-year-old who has played for two massive clubs in various states of disarray. Weston McKennie has eight for Schalke and Juve. Timothy Weah, ten for three clubs in two leagues. Josh Sargent also has 10, all for Werder Bremen. And Matthew Hoppe, 5, all for Schalke at time of recording. I assume people listening to this in the future have just seen him win the Bundesliga with Bayern Munich while scoring 40. I look forward to that future, but for now, Hoppe just has the 5. Staying in Germany, Julian Green's total goals scored tally presently sits at 54 But if you remove goals for reserve and U19 teams, as I said we did in the beginning, his figure drops to 19. He bagged more than his share playing for Bayern 2 and the Bayern U19s, but has found consistency in the German 2nd Division with Grutha Firth, netting 15 times since moving to the club in 2018. Bobby Wood has also found the German 2nd Division to be a good place for racking up stats. At least 23 of his 33 goals were in the SFA Bundesliga. Many, many other Americans have scored goals, some more than others, but I feel like we've covered more than a few, if not all of them. So what we've learned is that if you're going to score a lot of goals in Europe, it certainly helps to have been born there and come through the academy ranks. It also helps to score with consistency, regardless of the level of competition. And though it may sound like a hacky regurgitation, it doesn't hurt to play in the air divisi. Of the five players we mentioned, their total goal tally would be 402 goals scored Roughly half of that, 194 goals were scored in the Eredivisie. So yeah, if you want to score some goals, start in the Netherlands, which Clint Dempsey did not do. And that's why I'm inclined to say that Clint Dempsey's record is the most impressive on this list. No disrespect to Ernie or Aaron or Josie or Roy, but the fact that uh, Clint Dempsey came through the youth system in the United States in Texas, played college ball, then sandwiched 75 goals for New England and Seattle around 79 in Europe. in. England in the Premier League, and knocked out a Juventus team featuring Fabio Cannavaro, Mario Cameronese, Alessandro Del Piero, and David Trezeguet, we should probably just give him a retroactive Ballon d'Or right now, but until then, I'm sure this episode is pretty much the same thing, because as we all know, Clint Dempsey is rigorously monitoring everything soccer-related right now, and not just fishing. And on that note, we've come to the end of another Soccer 101 episode. Before I go, I just wanted to remind listeners that we will be doing another live stereo broadcast this week. It will be myself and Ryan Bailey talking about this topic, and American goal scorers abroad. I'm guessing I will have slightly more to say than Ryan will, but we're also going to take your listener questions about this topic and others. We're also going to solicit your suggestions for 101 episodes. We'll write them down. We'll keep a record of them. Maybe we will get to some of them. We hope to get to all of your questions, all of your comments, to the extent possible. If you'd like to join us, go to stereo.com/rock. Well, TSS. Uh, there you can find our, our live shows and the schedule for the upcoming one. You can subscribe and follow uh, and then tune in Thursday at 6 p.m. for that live show with myself and Ryan Bailey once again on The Stereo app, uh, Thursday, 6pm on the Stereo app Stereo.com slash Rockwell TSS is the information you need. Thank you very much to everyone who has listened to this episode I hope you all were excited to find out a whole bunch of numbers and a whole bunch of goals. I definitely was even if uh, my spreadsheets now look very confusing. And on that note thank you all for listening and we will talk to you again very soon